Welcome to the Fourth Branch Program. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic. Hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. Welcome to the Fourth French Program. Today is Saturday, May 30th, 2020. My name is Mike Duchesne. That can only mean one thing. You are watching the only program which discusses politics, social issues, through the prism of common sense. Today, we are going to focus on a very specific topic, one in particular, what has been going on throughout the country for the past couple of days, protests across the country, protests because Blacks in America have been under siege. And it seems, judging by the size of the protests, judging by uh, the intensity, Black may just have enough of the torture, the discrimination, the bias, the injustices, and it doesn't seem like it's going to let up. Good? Bad? You may recall the history of the United States in terms of relationship between blacks and whites. It didn't start well. Today, we are seeing something that's reminiscent of the end of slavery. Will it be that bad? Will it go that far? We'll talk about that. make sense of the noise. Talking points here, sound bites there, chaos, confusion, partisanship, lawmakers with no concern for our constitution, deception, corruption running rampant in Washington, 
is it all politics? Join me every day for our regular program air at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. There is a lot of turmoil throughout the country. A lot of manifestation, a lot of protest, people expressing anger, mostly blacks, of course some whites also expressing irritation, frustration with a system controlled mostly by whites who for reason that still eluding most of us are unwilling to change that. It always baffles me, usually, when there is a tragedy such as George Floyd murder by a police officer that people mostly in the Republican Party always blame the protest blacks for as being thugs because they are angry, very angry. It is usually easy for anyone to sit in their living room, to sit in his or her living room and make judgment on people who have been oppressed every single day. There has not been, as far as I know, I don't think there is any black in America who can claim to have never been subjected to police brutality of sort discrimination, bias. Blacks do not appreciate the sighting of a police officer. Yes, for whites, it seems the best thing that happened is to see a police officer run. For blacks, just the opposite is true. Because the presence of a police officer is more a danger to blacks than it is a protection. Now for whites, it's impossible to comprehend that because they live in a society which make it almost a right for them to be protected by police, to be respected by police. For blacks, on the other hand, they are, their civil rights are violated, their human rights are violated on a regular basis. Of course, there is no white who would stand up and advocate because why should they? They don't have that problem. And this predicament is not with the George Floyd murder by a police officer. This predicament is pretty common. You ask any black living in any part of the United States of America, that individual will be able to tell you a story about discriminating against, wrongfully stopped, wrongfully arrested, wrongfully accused. That's a state of affairs for blacks in America. You can understand when something like George Floyd murder happened, 
it's not the George Floyd murder that generated, that triggered the protest. It's just having enough of police brutality. But even more importantly, it's watching a system which is supposed to protect everyone, as it is clearly said in the Constitution of the United States, but rather protecting one group and punishing the another group. In the beginning of this program, you saw justification for murder. We weren't trying to be funny. We were trying to provide a peek into what it is like to be blacks in America. For the past few decades, most police officers who have killed blacks are able to get away with it because they're able to justify the killing of blacks. And that's not a movie. That's not a script for a movie. That's the state of affairs for blacks in America. A little bit less than a decade ago, most whites used to believe that blacks exaggerate the state of affairs with police on the street. It is understandable that they think so because they don't have that problem. They don't have to justify themselves because the police already given them a pass. In this program, during the time we were presenting the period of slavery, we showed you proof that two blacks, two people rather on the street, a black and a white, in time of whether it's in New York City, which I'm somewhat more familiar with, or in any other major city, blacks would be stopped, frisked, and sometimes arrested. And that's the reason you see a much disproportionate, disproportionate arrest and imprisonment of blacks. You may recall the time when drugs, packet of marijuana, whatever that they smoke nowadays, for individual consumption. Both a black and a white walk down the street, the police would stop the black, not the white, but both do have the marijuana on their, in their pocket. As such, the black would be stopped, searched, arrested, and jailed not the white and that happened over and over and over and when you look at the prison population they say well there are a lot of black criminal because there are more blacks in jail than there are whites of course they are because the system is set that way the black who is arrested stopped searched and jail is upset, unhappy, he has a small packet of marijuana in his pocket, so did his friend who wasn't stopped. 
So at some point, that anger, that frustration spills over. So if you are white and you're looking at the scene on the street and you think, as Donald Trump has suggested, a bunch of thugs, look in the mirror and notice that those individuals who are that upset, who are that frustrated, are the product of the system that you, the white, have put in place. The system is inequitable, is unfair, is unjust, and there is so much anyone can take. Just before George Floyd was killed, Ahmaud Arbery in Georgia was also killed by two whites, father and son. We'll get to that in just a moment. Prior to that, we had police officers in Maryland coughing on citizens of a community. Well, blacks, of course, because he had coronavirus, so he figured he can spread it around. In Louisiana, a cop said that it is sad that not enough black people die of coronavirus. The list goes on and on. But every time a predicament such as those protests going on the street occur, whites who are comfortable in their living room, protected everywhere they go, see it as a sin they cannot stomach, they cannot tolerate. And the reason is very simple. They don't have to. And we'll show you how much it is second nature to white to take for granted this very aspect in our society. I personally do not condone violence. I personally do not condone the aspect of having to destroy in order to make a point. But I understand the frustration, the anger that those people have. On a daily basis, they are harassed, they are antagonized, they are taunted by the very people who are supposed to protect them. So yes, when things like George Floyd murder happen, it gives them a platform to express that. You tired of it? You're not able to, to, to stomach it? Then change the system because it is the system that makes those people so angry. That makes those people uncontrollable. That is the time for them to say enough is enough. And let me tell you, if that doesn't change very soon, this type of protest will spill over and it will be nothing short of what we seen during the Civil War.
After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you just join us, once again, welcome to the Four French. We are discussing the state of the country today. There are protests across the country. The killing of George Floyd occurred in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The killing of Ahmaud Arbery occurred in Georgia. Although the killing of Ahmad triggered protests on the street, it did not trigger as bad protests as they are currently on the street of America. As I just pointed out, to the whites in general, I'll say this to you, you have no idea what it's like to be black in America. Every time I discuss this particular issue, race relation, I always make certain to point out that I know there are many, many millions even of white people who sympathize with blacks. In fact, that's something that as far back as the period of slavery itself. But we know also there are millions and millions of whites who would like to keep things the way it was, the way everything was during the period of slavery. Blacks, quote unquote, stay in their place. Whites rule. And no matter what whites say, blacks obey and a lot of those white people they cannot move on past that period they continue to believe things supposed to still say the same when Donald Trump ran on in 2016 make America great again he was alluding to that period and that's the reason you see most whites in the south in the central part of the country 
quickly embrace it because they dream of that day being back in America. Let me tell you, you white folks who have dreamed, who have yearned of those days coming back, they are not. It is time to recognize your time has passed. You either have two choices. Embrace the future or die lonely in the past. Because that time that you yearn for is gone. The time that you used to be able to torture blacks to do anything to blacks and not pay any price that time is gone yes we're discussing the predicament that continue to see those moments showing up in the news every now and then and that's what we are fighting to put a complete end to but there is not going to be a reversal of that process So that time is over. Let me show you an interesting twist in what it's like in America. Today, there are two Americas. If you talk to whites in general, they all say that most cops are good. There are just a few bad apples. You talk to most blacks, they would tell you most cops are corrupt. There are just a handful of good cops. Interestingly enough, both parties will be correct because the whites do not have the experience that the blacks have. In New York, for instance, in Far Rockaway, there are cops who are tasked to watch, monitor blacks reaching their 16 years old age in order to go to antagonize those youngsters in order to find a way, a reason to arrest them. What I'm telling you is not a joke, it's not a script of a movie, it's a reality. They target blacks. They have access to their information. They target their 16-year-old birthday in order to go and antagonize them, taunt them, so that they can find a reason to arrest them. Would you white accept something like that to happen? Would you not be outraged for something like that to happen? Of course you would. That's the state of affair. This is just an example. I don't know. I cannot talk about whether this particular situation happened in other uh, communities because I just don't know. But in Farakoway, New York, this is a state of affair for a lot of blacks. If you have cops taunting 
antagonizing an individual, there is so much any individual can take. You can rest assured at some point, the person would curse the cop and the cop would find a reason to arrest. You disrespecting a police officer. To give a record to the black kid. Yes, white folks, you don't know what blacks have been going through in this United States. The system that is placed to protect, to serve and protect, does that for you, whites. But for blacks, that system is out there to punish, to make sure that blacks do not have a chance at all. They start to actually prevent blacks from going anywhere from the very onset. That example I just gave you is not a one time or a one year. It's a system that is in place in Farakway that actually target young blacks. So white folks, you have no idea when you see those blacks protesting, angry, frustrated, they have every reason to be. Yes, you sit in your living room, you think, what the hell is wrong with those people? Why can't they just protest like civilized people? If only you know what those cops have been putting them through. The system that's supposed to protect them is the same system that taunts them, that antagonizes them, that discriminates against them. Yes, that system is not here to protect blacks. So when there is a situation such as this, it is a much needed opportunity for them to say, we just have had it with that system. And of course, you already know that. Amy Cooper, it's a story that you, that make the run on the internet. She was walking her dog and she removed the leash. It's a story you already know, obviously. But I didn't bring the story to explain it to you, but rather to make a point. And Chris Cooper, they're not related, was also there in the park. In the park, there are signs all over the place that ask dog owners to keep their dog on the leash but Amy Cooper did not so Chris Cooper asked her to do so Amy Cooper fear felt that her white privilege 
is under attack. I better do something about that because how could a black man attack my white privilege? Now, if you reverse the table, I guarantee you the situation would have been different. Amy or anyone, any white woman who felt privileged enough would not have even had a conversation with the individual, would have called the cop and say, there is a black man or a black woman who doesn't have the dog on the leash and letting the dog roam all over the place. Chris Cooper had the decency at the very least to tell her to put her dog on the leash. But instead of realizing that she is in the wrong, so she felt so privileged because who the hell is the black man to tell her to put the dog on the leash? Now, I must tell you this part of the story. Amy Cooper later up apologized to Chris Cooper. And Chris did accept the apology. I personally would not have. And for two reasons. Because I know the 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 context behind the apology, I don't know if Chris Cooper does or not, but irrelevant. But I would not have accepted the apology. Amy Cooper needs to do more than just apologize. Amy Cooper is just 41 years old. What Amy Cooper did is the perfect example of how white people fail, fail in this country. They feel they have the privilege to do anything that they want. And they feel that blacks should not even question what they do, even if it's wrong, because, well, they have the privilege. Amy Cooper said to Chris Cooper, I'm going to show you a small part of the, of the video that, when she tried to get Chris Cooper to turn off the video, because Chris Cooper, after asking Amy to put the dog on the leash, Amy Cooper becomes erotic. And she picked up her phone and she said, listen to this. I am going to call the police and I'm going to tell the police, you are threatening my life. I am going to call the police and I'm going to tell the police, you are threatening my life. Here is Amy Cooper. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. I'm taking pictures of calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. 
Please call the cops. I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Now I bring that forth to you so that we can see exactly what Amy Cooper had in mind. At no point in time, as far as we can tell, at no point in time was Amy Cooper's life in jeopardy. No point in time at all. That's her you're looking at on the screen. So she felt that her white privilege has been challenged by a black man. How could he? How could he challenge my privilege? I'm a white woman. I'm supposed to be able to do whatever I want. How could you challenge my privilege? I'm going to call the cop and tell them a, a black, a, an African American is threatening my life. What do you think Amy Cooper tried to achieve by saying that? As I just mentioned, her life, well, she was never in danger. In fact, she is the one who approached Chris Cooper and tried to threaten him. But she's calling the cop to say, an African-American is threatening my life. The reason I would not accept her apology is because, number one, I know her apology is not sincere. Amy Cooper deliberately, you see, before she made that phone call, before she placed that call, she said, I am going to call the cop and I'm going to tell them there is an African American threatening my life. She knew she's going to lie, but she said that's exactly what I'm going to say. And when she called, that's exactly what she did. She said, there is an African-American who is threatening me and my dog. Now pause for just a moment. I know it's easy, especially white, who are privileged in this country and think things are so good for blacks. Blacks always exaggerate the state of affairs in this country. As I mentioned, there is, I have not come across any black individual who has not been subjected to this type of treatment. Whether it's at the workplace 
on the street, at the supermarket, anywhere that you find a black individual, there is a possibility that that black individual has been subject to this type of treatment. And it is not something that happened when it's Christmas. It's not something that happened when it's Easter. It's every single day. That woman, Amy Cooper, is the highest form of racism that we can put a picture on. Because that's what racists do. They do bad things and they turn around and they say it's the other person. Amy Cooper was in the wrong not to have the dog on a leash. And someone politely asked her to do so, but that someone happened to be black and she felt, well, my white privilege, you shouldn't really question that. You're a black individual for God's sake. So Amy Cooper said, I'm going to call the cop and I'm going to tell the cop there is an African-American threatening my life. And that's the reason I would not have accepted Amy's apology because Amy thought it through. I'm going to call the cop and I'm going to say it would have been bad enough if Amy said I'm going to call the cop and I'm going to say there is someone threatening my life. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean it's okay because Chris wasn't threatening Amy's life. But she makes certain to say, I'm going to call the cop and I'm going to tell the cop an African-American threatens my life. What Amy is trying to say is, once I say it's an African-American, you're going to pay a price. And Amy knows that because Amy lives in the country. She's been seeing how blacks are being treated by cop by everybody. In fact, at her, work, at her workplace, she may have seen how blacks are being treated. So she is well aware that by saying an African-American, cops are going to swarm in, guns run, and probably kill Chris Cooper. Just as she was frantic in, in the phone call, has Chris Cooper suffered the ultimate fate, then she would have continued with the story that her life was in jeopardy. In jeopardy. That's the reason when you hear an individual, especially a white individual, woman, cop, telling you that blacks threatened their lives or was rushing, lunging to, toward them, take that with a grain of salt. Because most of those stories are false stories. The person dressed the story because you see what happened? She called the cop and said, a black, an African-American is threatening my life. And at the end of the call, she sound hysterical as if it's that bad. Meaning cops come in, they shoot Chris Cooper, and now she continue with the story. She's going to add a lot of detail to it and say, it, it did that, it did this, is what happened before I decided to call. And she could have gone as far as doing, putting bruises in her body just to show how bad things were before she called the cop. 
it become a pastime for white women to accuse black men in America. Cops, it's a pastime for them. It's, it's, it's almost like a sport game for them to kill blacks. White women, it's a pastime to just accuse them. Now, it is worth noting that Amy Cooper was discharged, terminated from her job. Franklin Templeton, that's where she worked. And they did the right thing by getting rid of her because she is openly racist, but even worse, she put the life of an individual in danger by falsely accusing that individual. I'm going to call the cop and I'm going to tell them an African American is threatening my life. Even without having to say that, Chris Cooper's life could have been in danger. But by adding an African American is threatening my life, she makes sure that Chris Cooper suffers the ultimate fate. So Amy Cooper's apology has no meaning whatsoever. And the reason that Amy Cooper made the apology, just if you, if you care to know, after the video has been posted and it's been circulating on the internet, she was put on administrative leave and she knew what that means. Her job was on the line. So she issued an apology. It wasn't a sincere apology. It was an apology that was meant for her to save her job. And boy, am I glad that she lost her job. If racists such as Amy Cooper were to pay a price every time that they display, they put the racism on display like this, then maybe, just maybe, the country would have started to get, get rid of racists such as Amy Cooper. She didn't apologize. She tried to save her job. And I'm also very happy to know that the city of New York could indeed charge her because she falsely accused an individual for threatening her life. And she would deserve every bit of fines that would be assessed. Amy Cooper is the face of what racism is like. And it is a picture we will use again and again in future expose of race in America. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. 
I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. What Amy Cooper did, fortunately for Chris Cooper, it did not uh, cost him his life, but it could have. And that's exactly what Amy Cooper intended when she said, I am going to call the cop and I'm going to say an African-American man is threatening my life. She lives in New York. She's seen what happened to black in New York City. They discriminated against. They unjustly arrested and killed by cops. So Amy Cooper know that by saying that she will put Chris Cooper's life in jeopardy. And I know that that happened. You see, what Amy Cooper did is not anything new. Because we recall Carolyn Bryant, Carolyn Bryant, she's still alive. She was the wife. Well, husband has already passed of the individual who kidnapped, tortured, mutilated Emmett Till. She was, he was just 14 years old. Yes, Emmett Till was just 14 years old when her husband picked up the teenage boy along with his brother he went to Emmett Seal house dragged the boy out of the house kill when they found his body his eyes were removed from its from their sockets jaws were completely broke broken reeds were completely broken it was unrecognizable because that woman told her husband that Emmett Till touched her butt She was 21 years old, he was 14 years old. 
Ahmed Seal lost his life not because of anything he did. We know that for a fact. Because Carolyn Bryant is still alive. She did publish a book a few years ago. And in the book, she recounted the story that never happened. It's the story of white women towards blacks in America. She caused the young boy to lose his life. He was tortured, beaten, disfigured by two white men for something he never did. Because a white woman said he touch my butt but you know what was even worse two eyewitnesses that identify the people who actually kill Emmett Till at a supposed trial their testimony were just pushed to the side and neither the husband nor his brother were ever convicted of the crime. That's the justice system in America towards black. So you white folks, when you sit in your living room and you see blacks protesting, yes, they are a little angry because what I just described to you happened in 1955. That wasn't the only thing that happened. I'm just giving you an example. they have been subjected to this type of treatment in the nation for a very long time. It's their parents, their grandparents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents. We have been put through this kind of system that figured wrongdoing towards blacks are justified. So yes, they are a little bit upset. They are a little bit frustrated. In 1741, that was during slavery time, the city of New York, of all, of all places where Amy Cooper lives, the city of New York rounded a group of blacks, both free and slave, through a mock trial with witnesses who provide accounts of them doing very bad things. Police officer corroborating the stories and they were all executed. Except that history reported those things never happened. Yes, blacks in America have been expanded for no reason. So it is no surprise that Amy Cooper found it really easy to say, I'm going to call, I'm going to say, an African American is threatening my life. That's nothing new for blacks in general. 
we're very familiar with this type of behavior. The police officers kill blacks and they say it was justified. The police officer killed black, they say, I was afraid for my life. That's all they have to say. And that's justified. No problem. As long as you are afraid for your life, justify to kill blacks. He was longing towards me and I thought he was going to do something. I kill him. Justified. So, you, my fellow American, white, who sit in your living room, judging by the violence you see on your screen of blacks and calling them thugs, they have had it with the system in America. Because the system is not just unfair. The system actually makes certain they have that problem. Amy Cooper didn't make a mistake when she said, I am going to call and say an African American is threatening my life. She didn't make a mistake. So the apology is rubbish. She said it to make certain that Chris Cooper understand. I am going to say that an African American threatening my life, that means you in trouble. Because I am a white woman and you are black. The system make it possible for people like Amy Cooper to do those kind of things. I'm going to show you a video. It's heart-wrenching, but it's necessary to make the point. That guy he was a police officer, Michael Schlager. Schlager. He killed Walter Scott. What the post that you see on the screen, the pose rather, is he in the courtroom trying to explain why he killed Walter Scott. Now for context, what he was trying to say, what he was saying at the time that he had no choice because Walter Scott was trying to get his gun. Now you're going to watch the video and you tell me if you see that story happen. Sometimes I'm unable to watch the video myself to see how the individual who's supposed to serve and protect that individual is the one taking the lives, the life of another individual and yet in a courtroom lying about it. Michael Schleyer was explaining that that's what happened. Now, here's the video.
did you see Walter Scott taking gun, trying to take a gun from Michael Schlager? Of course not. But that's the story he told the court. As I mentioned before in this program, I don't buy a single statement that police officers make after they kill a black person because they always lie. I have yet to find a police officer that tell the story after committing a murder that tell the story how it happened. They're not even trying to explain it was a mistake. They're not even trying to do that because they have this privilege that the system accorded them that they kill a black man, they kill a black man. You know what's even more sad of what of the video you just saw? There was a jury who was hung, could not decide whether the police officer is guilty or not. Yes, the system in place, the people who are racist in this United States of America are the people who make the system the way it is. That's why you see blacks on the street protesting, being violent, not because they're just a bunch of thugs, because they're just tired of being used, expanded, their lives taken away from them. It's been happening for a very long time. During slavery time, masters didn't even have to give any account of, of, of slaves that they killed because slaves were their property. They could kill slaves any day they wish. They don't even have to say anything to report anything because they kill a slave, they kill a slave. And beyond slavery, whites continue to practice that. Now, it's police officer. They kill a black, it's justified. They kill a black. Now, in the midst of the 21st century, you would have thought, you would have thought that people who have gone to college, who have at least acquired some, some knowledge, some degree of common sense, realize that you cannot continue doing those kind of barbaric uh, things. Oh no, it's a black person. He's killed, he's killed. Who cares? And you're sitting on your laurel at home or on TV making comment about, oh, what a bunch of dogs. If you walk in their shoes for a day, maybe you would understand why they are so upset. If you walk on their shoes for just a few hours, you would understand what it's like to be black. You get it from white civilian like Amy Cooper who feels that she is privileged. Blacks are not supposed to question the white, her white privilege. You get it at the supermarket. You get it on the train. You get it at the store. You get it on the street. You get it from the justice system. Yes, it is tiring. So when you see those people on the street, they're not a bunch of thugs. They're a bunch of tired people of a system that owes them as much protection and as much justice as everybody else.
but it's not happening. Amy Cooper is well aware that blacks are being discriminated against, killed unjustly. So she used that opportunity. She's not just a racist. She is a very dangerous person. Yes, that individual. She's not just racist. She is dangerous. Because she knew by saying an African American is threatening my life puts the life of Chris Cooper in jeopardy. She is dangerous. I would not have accepted her apology. Jason Van Dyke, what I just showed you, Michael Schlager was a cop in South Carolina. He's currently in jail serving minimum sentence. Jason Van Dyke was a cop in Chicago. She ki he killed Laquan McDonald. As you can see, he is now in court in front of a judge to enter a plea. Of course, he pleaded not guilty. Jason Van Dyke explained to the court that he had no choice but to kill Laquan because Laquan was running towards him and he didn't know whether he had a weapon or not so he killed him. Now before Jason Van Dyke was dragged in front of the court he was cleared of any wrongdoing by, well, what else? The justice system in Chicago. They didn't find any wrongdoing. Now, I want you to watch the video. We're not going to watch the whole video, but we're going to watch the part where Jason Vendai killed Laquan McDonald. Remember, his defense was Laquan McDonald was running towards him and he did not know whether his life could have been in danger because he didn't know whether Laquan had a weapon or not. Now watch this. That's Laquan on the street that's running. Pay close attention to him. That's the police opening the door. Look at how far away he is going from the police. And he shot him. It become a sport for police officer to kill black people. You cannot tell me when you see those things, you cannot understand why blacks are outraged. 
time and again, no matter where it is in the United States of America, blacks in the presence of a police officer is more in danger than not. So when you white sit in your living room making judgment as to why they are so outraged, why they are so violent, it's because they have every reason to be. They are tired of being killed. They are tired of being unjustly arrested, framed, accused. So don't sit on your, in your living room and pretend you understand what blacks are going through in America. Because if you are white, you don't. And time and again, the cops who kill the blacks always tell the story that's different from what really happened. That Jason Van Dyke that I just showed you, he told the court that Laquan McDonald was running towards him and he was afraid for his life. He didn't know whether he had a weapon or not. And he killed them. To those people who are supposed to serve and protect, killing black people is no big deal because they don't have a price to pay. Jason Van Dyke is serving minimum sentence, if I'm not mistaken, either seven years or so, which means within three and a half years, he could be out. Yes, that's the system of justice in America for black people. So when you see them protesting, when you see them angry, when you see them violent, the best you can do if you are, if you care enough, is to shut your big mouth because you have no idea what blacks in America are going through. They go through this problem through civilians like Amy Cooper and through police officers who are supposed to protect them but killing them on the street. You may recall Eric Garner. Eric Garner was choked to death by Daniel Pantaleo, who never served a day in jail. In fact, Daniel Pantaleo was fired, but he's suing New York City to get his job back because it's so sweet. You kill a black man, oh, why not get your job back? Because killing black people, why is that a problem? Why is that a problem to kill a black person? Because everybody, every police officer across the nation is doing that. That's Eric Garner killer. He's still out there. He's relying on getting his job back. Because, well, you just kill a black person. So what's the big, what's the big deal? Michael Brown was killed 2014. And the police officer who killed Michael Brown, if you give, give me a second, I can tell you Darren Wilson, that's the name of the police officer who killed Michael Brown. That's him on the street. He was there for four hours. 
laying on the street like a dog. Daniel uh, Darren Wilson told a story that he was Michael Brown was fighting to get his gun. That's why he killed him. But in a civil uh, a suit paper, we found out that Darren Wilson was taunted there, uh, Michael Brown by calling him nigger. Yes, in America, police officer was supposed to protect, to serve and protect. Yes, they do that for white people, but for blacks, they antagonize them, they taunt them, and then they kill them. And what happened next? Nothing. Darren Wilson never served a day in jail. He was fired from the force, so what? He killed a black man. Alton Sterling. Almost the same predicament that George Floyd found himself in, except in his case he was on his back and the police officer had him pinned down. As you can see, two police officers, one have, has his knee on his uh, uh, belly and the other one pointing a gun at his face, pinning down. Oh, they did kill him right there on the floor. Guess what happened? No charges. As you can read on the screen, no federal charges filed against police officers. As you can see, there is a lot of anger and frustration in the black community. Because it looks like a police officer who kills a black doesn't have to pay any price for it. And you think you have the right to call them thugs? Just because you have no idea what they have to go through on a daily basis? If you are white, you have no right to call blacks thugs when they're protesting because you have no idea what they go through on a daily basis. In the hands of civilian, on the street, on the bus, anywhere they go, they are subjected to this type of bias, discrimination, abuse of power, and yes, losing their lives. That cop who killed George Floyd, if you look at George Floyd's eyes on the pavement, his eyes pop out. He was bleeding and on the video you can clearly hear the person taking the video saying that he is bleeding. 
and the rack is making sure that he killed him before he removed his knees from him. Yes, the same people whose job is to serve and protect. So don't give me this crap calling black people thugs because you have no idea what black people go, what kind of, of, of situation they are in on a daily basis. I personally resent the idea of the sight of a police officer because I know as a black individual they are to no good. While white think they are good people except for a few bad apples, blacks would tell you there are more bad cops than there are good cops. And they're not exaggerating either because no matter where you go, no matter what part of the nation you go to, what city, what county, it doesn't matter. If you are a black individual, you know your experience is very different from the white counterpart. That guy kneel on George Floyd's neck and making sure he died. He was charged, but it's a joke. Yes, he was charged with second degree murder. What a joke. There were four, three other police officers, three other police officers, yes, they here to serve and protect. He's a guy that's being killed by their colleague, and they just standing there. So let me understand if there are just a few bad apple so am i to understand that those four cops that were there are the bad apple there there is no more when it comes to black people in this in this nation most cops are corrupt and that's not an exaggeration Seeing a cop is not a relief. It's scary to see a cop. Not because you are doing anything wrong, but because they are scary. When you come to black, they are a threat to our lives. They're not on the street to serve and protect. We blacks, we are well aware of that. Cops do not protect blacks. They kill them. They abuse their civil rights. They abuse their human rights. 
they mistreat them they accuse them of wrongdoing they antagonize them they taught them so cops in America are not for the protection of everyone yes they do protect whites but they are a danger to blacks most cops are let's think about for just a moment what would have happened if that video wasn't available let's say for one split second that video wasn't available what do you think would have happened that guy would have concocted a story about George Floyd trying to hurt him trying to kill him and he killed him and then his police officer those with him would have corroborated the story yes that's exactly what happened cops there are towards black people there are killers and liars most cops are and that's not an occasion thing that's not a specific part of the country thing that is countrywide cops are criminals when it comes to bad blacks they're just criminals with badges and they are liars I showed you earlier that guy stay in a in front of the court and lied about why he killed a guy that just running away from him he said the guy was trying to take his gun that guy told a similar story except he make it more dramatic that the guy was running towards him he had to defend himself cops are liars they never tell you anything the way it happened and what makes it worse is the fact that the people with them their partners lie to corroborate their stories because killing a black no problem those two people father and son chase Ahmad Aubrey who was jogging for no reason confronted him and shot him but you know what's even more sad District Attorney George Barnhill never arrested those two people. He filed a report, the district attorney, that says something to the effect in the memo that he sent, he said, Gregory McMichael, the older guy, 
on the picture. His son, Travis McMichael, and their neighbor, William Bryan, were in court, hot pursuit of a burglary suspect. When I tell you that the justice system is not favorable to blacks, you think it's a joke? That's a district attorney that's writing that. They were in hot pursuit of a burglary suspect, which means they're trying to pin a burglary on Ahmad. When they shot Aubrey, a 25-year-old black man, and in order to to sweeten the pot, he said, it appears it was their intent to stop and hold this criminal suspect. So there is no doubt anymore in his report that the suspect is Hamad. It appears it was their intent to stop and hold this criminal suspect until law enforcement arrived. Under Georgia law, that's perfectly legal. Ahmad was killed on February 23rd for two months. Those guys were at home drinking beer, having fun, making fun, telling jokes because, you know, they kill a black man. So what? The district attorney just give them a pass. So you see, white folks, you're sitting in your living room questioning why blacks are so outraged. It's because they ought to be. Since slavery, blacks have been killed wrongly accused, discriminated against, human rights abused, civil rights abused, and discriminately killed by cops, framed and of course watching this that just happened a couple of days ago. And you think you have the right to question their anger, their frustration? This treatment of blacks by police officer is not anything unusual. But what makes it last so long is the fact that the justice system as I just showed you 
in the case of Hamad, the district attorney, the person whose job is to make sure criminals are taken off the street, he was the one who actually harboring those criminals who killed Hamad. So yes, blacks have every reason to be outraged. Every reason. That's what Amy Cooper knows. That's why when she placed that call, she said, I am going to say an African-American is threatening my life. Because she knew by saying that it would put the life of Chris Cooper in danger. She is a dangerous racist individual. She is no, no, no nice person. That lady, she's no nice person. She is a very dangerous person. She makes sure that Chris Cooper understand. You understand, I am a white woman. I am going to say a black individual is threatening my life. You know what that means, right? Although I personally do not, would not participate in violent protests, it's not my nature, that's all, but I do understand where those people are coming from. I do understand their frustration. I do understand why they are so outraged because it is tiring every single day to wake up and feel that you are under attack. The minute a black person steps foot outside, whether it's from civilian or from the cops, they are under attack. It is tiring. So don't give me this crap that they are a bunch of thugs. You know nothing about blacks' lives in America. If you, if you are a white individual, you have no idea what it is like to live in America as a black individual. It is tiring. The sighting of a cop is not a relief. It's a danger to blacks. In 2014 in Ferguson, Missouri, a 12-year-old boy put it in a way that's sad but nevertheless capture the essence of what blacks have to go through in america he said if he is being chased by a gangster a gang member 
or that was recorded in the newspaper if he was chased being chased by a gangster a gang member and he spot a police officer he would take his chance with the gangster that should that capture the essence of what blacks have to live under in our society in this 21st century because seeing a cop is not a relief it puts your life more in danger as a black person done it gives you relief because they abuse blacks they frame blacks they antagonize blacks they turn blacks and they kill blacks that's what cops most cops do in america and to top it all off they lie as to why they kill those blacks so no you white you don't have any say over blacks being outraged it is sad to watch for sure but you don't have any say over blacks being outraged yes we would have liked it better if they could protest peacefully but it's not always possible when something like that just happened you feel like destroying everything around you that's a reflex for blacks because the society that we're living in is not nice the society that we're living in makes it near impossible to be nice those who are supposed to serve and protect that's what they put on their cars across the nation they are criminals towards blacks towards us they are liars they are our enemies literally speaking they are criminals with badges so no we do not take any comfort in the sighting of a police officer because they do not make any effort to show that they doing the job to protect blacks yes you white folks you don't have that problem and that's the reason you don't understand the problem either so that's why you believe most cops are good there are just a few bad apples that's you because that's your experience with cops our experience as blacks with cops very different most cops are criminals are corrupt there are just a handful of good cops as I mentioned to you in the beginning of this program in Farakaway there are cops there are cops who are on the street antagonizing blacks taunting them in order for them to say something bad 
in order for them to curse the cop so that the cop could arrest them. Does that sound like to serve and protect to you? So the next time you see black protesting, you may not like what you see, but if you have a better way of solving the problem, maybe you can solve the problem. But calling them thugs is not one such solution. Because the reason you're calling them thugs is because you don't understand where they're coming from. They are tired, literally speaking, tired of feeling threatened by the presence of cops. Tired. And it is the 21st century. Nothing has changed. Absolutely nothing. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart by giving credit to president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics. The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone else searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. It is indeed painful. Painful when you watch the protests. For George Floyd family, the pain has just begun. If you have any decency, any empathy, you would begin to understand that the murder of George Floyd is not an accident, was not an accident. Derek Chauvin made certain that George Floyd died on the floor. He stayed on his neck long enough to make sure of that. There's mourning in America. Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street, but not Main Street. This afternoon, 
millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking, if we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Next week, we will come back to talk a little bit about the 2020 presidential election because a, a lot of things have happened. Unfortunately, today we had to take this time in order to talk about an issue that still make it look like we're living in the period of slavery. As I pointed out, the murder of George Floyd is not an accident. The officer makes certain that he died. And we saw across the nation that is a state of affair for blacks. As such, we blacks can understand the anger, the frustration, the irritation of blacks protesting and why they want to shred everything to pieces. Because it's everything around you that reminds you as to the kind of life that you're living here in the United States of America. But what makes the matter even worse is not just the police officers on the street. It's not just the people you meet such as Amy Cooper, but it is the whole system where a DA can literally cover up a murder and feel that it's justified. It's something that we've seen over and over and over. And it's not just in Georgia. It's not just in Chicago. It's not just in Minnesota. It's everywhere across the nation that blacks are under siege. So you white folks do not have any say over the outrage of blacks. The least you can do is to try to change, or at the very least, to support That was an update through the prism of common sense. Join us again tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. for a full presentation. I am MD, host of the Fourth Branch Program, The Place for Common Sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestion, or simply let us know how we're doing. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful afternoon. See you next time. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around And the rumpus and rug get so comfortable now Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to go Here we go
gonna puke Cause my taxes are due Do my password begin with a one or a two Been a hell of a ride But I'm thinking it's time to grow Metronome. Man, I'm up to something Ooty la do thank you all for coming I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget So ooty la do yeah Come on, here we go, yeah Come on, here we go Your best face on Everybody pretend you know this song Everybody come hang Let's go out with a bang Here we go Go.